Hello and welcome again to the Rexburg Love podcast. We are once again broadcasting to you from deep within Rexburg, Idaho. Today we have yet another wonderful interview with uh, someone that I've gotten to know over the years and I'm so excited to hear some more of their story and, and bring it to you all as well. Uh, this is a story of someone who has uh, ties to a lot of different areas in our valley here. So not just Rexburg, but this, the surrounding areas as well. I've heard a little bit of their story and I would like to just get right on into it. So uh, without further ado, welcome to the Rexburg Love podcast to my guest. Thank you for <laughs> inviting me. All right. And uh, before we start, I, I do like to ask all my guests, do you have any specific way that you identify or you'd like to be referred to? Um, hey, you is great. <laughs> um, nothing too rude. I've got a pretty good answer to most things. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Well, uh, so we'd like to start off just with your uh, life story in general. Uh, if you want to give us a little bit of background on your family and your entrance into this life. <laughs> okay. I was, uh, I was born and raised in Southern California. Um, my mother, at, as I was growing up, my mother was a, a non-practicing Mormon but she sent my sister and I to church every week. And um, so I grew up uh, going to church, um, but not with a whole lot of reinforcement with the family or, or anything like that. Did, um, quick question. Did you find that odd at all to be sent to church, but not have your mother going with you? Um, well, no understand what we grow up our environment as children um it takes quite a while before we start questioning those things okay um first we grow up with normal i i do air quotes with that um and we grow up with our normal life uh it's not until usually later that you figure out that something's not normal you know, as okay. you compare, you know, as you get older and you kind of get those outsider eyes going on, then you start noticing normal. So I, I didn't think anything of it. Good point. So, so your normal at the time was you and your siblings going off to church? Yeah. Yeah. Um, a neighbor lady, some, some other member of the church would come pick us up and, and take us to church. And, 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 and roughly what time frame was this? This was in the... late 60s okay early 70s yeah because i was a little kid <laughs> <laughs> i was born in, i was born in 63 okay um i Great. was a little kid going to church um being sent to church uh i remember being in primary uh wow, sunday okay. so yeah i i don't know yeah uh, overall, how was that uh, experience for you? Generally positive? Um, you know, it, it had its mix. It had its mixes. Um, I had a good time with the, you know, the singing and the crafts and that sort of thing. Um, friendships were a little bit odd for me. Um, I didn't feel like I fit with everybody else, but that was weird. I, and I, I didn't focus too much on that. Was, was that mainly because of the church. religion difference? What's that? Was that mainly because of the religion difference between you and your friends? 
or was this with other people in your ward? No, this is just the friends in church. Okay. I, I, I felt a little bit outside. I don't remember thinking about, oh, I'm different because my mom's not here. But mm -hmm. I, there were differences. You know, I, I, it, my family didn't do family home evening. Um, you know, there was a lot, of, a lot of things my family didn't necessarily do, but I wasn't necessarily consciously aware of it at the time. Okay. Um, the things that I was aware of growing up, uh, let me roll back a little bit. Yeah. Um, my, one of the most important aspects of who I am that fed into my later experiences is the fact that I started reading at three. Oh, wow. Three years old. By three and a half, I was reading fully independently. And so I have been reading in depth my entire life. Wow, and that's that impressive. When, by the time I was eight years old, I was a very accomplished reader. My comprehension levels were incredible. My vocabulary, you know, it was smart, smart kid. Awesome. What I remember, um, I remember struggling with church, starting at about eight years old. I remember I was sitting in Sunday school and I don't remember the topic, but I remember that my Sunday school teacher was teaching a subject and she turned to the Bible to support that subject. Okay. And so she presented chapter and verse and as is my habit, I read it in context because I know that that verse was part of just one sentence out of an entire paragraph that was part of a chapter, you know? So, so I go to the beginning of the section and I just read it through. And I realized that what was being used to support the teachings had nothing to do with the teachings. Do, do you remember uh, what that teaching was exactly? I don't, I just remember having that, that, incredible realization but wait so i raised my hand yeah and i asked the teacher i said excuse me but can you can you verify what chapter and verse that was again because i thought i'd gone to the wrong place yeah so she confirmed it i go no that's and so i <laughs> um, that verse doesn't talk about, and I don't remember what it was. I, cause I was just, I, I was mortified. I was mortified. That, that verse doesn't teach about that. That has some, and, and I, I don't remember what it was. Yeah. Um, but, and I asked her, I, I said, well, but sister, whatever her name was, um, this doesn't actually talk about that. And she goes, oh, no, 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 you know, and, 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 but no, no, read back to the beginning of the chapter. It's talking about, and I don't know, I was eight years old. And, and she just, you know, you just don't understand. We can talk about this later if you, if you, you know, if you'd like. And of course, you know, after Sunday school, I've got to go and we'll get in the car and my rides take me home. Yeah. So she never did address that. And that was just the first of, a few incidences where 
I would go and, and whatever the topics were being taught, I was reading in context, getting very frustrated, going, okay, having similar, you know, exchanges. Well, that's, but, but that's not what this is talking about. What, what's going on here? Yeah. And the, and the, you know, the, the Sunday school teachers or whatever, just kind of brushing me off. And not being able to actually answer it so yeah um, so it so that first experience you said you were around eight years old do you remember if that was before or after baptism it was um it was after i'd been baptized okay and was yeah, it still I in, would, in southern I'd california automatically been baptized went through all the stuff like a good little kid supposed yeah. to anything remarkable about r remarkable about your baptism or was it just kind of now, a standard fare for you it's a pretty standard fare, you know. Um, I did that. Um, there was and this is all while still in California, right? Yep, yep. I had uh, everything, my direct involvement with the church all arose, played out, and culminated in California. So Okay. Um, so there I am. I'm eight years old. I, I'm going, hmm, there's a problem here. Um, but... I'm, I'm a pretty good kid. I'm a pretty compliant person, you know, I, I like to play by the rules and stuff. So yeah, rather than, you know, really, you know, create a, a problem. Well, okay. I'll just keep on working on this. I'll keep up, keep praying about it. I'll keep reading, you know, um, I remember multiple multiples of instances like that. Where I didn't speak up though, I stopped speaking up because they got very red in the face and, and blustery when when I spoke up. Yeah. And 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 it didn't. They didn't 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 seem like they appreciated my honest inquiry. Did you notice any? So I I, I just can't help but think about what that would feel like to be a child and have these older adults above you that are telling you they they love you they care for you they want to teach you the ways of the gospel but you're starting they can't to answer the questions they can't answer the questions and and you're starting to see that maybe some of the source material they're pulling from doesn't match their narrative and how difficult that must have been to be a child and try to resolve okay these are my my, my elders the people I, i've been taught to respect i'm assuming and yeah. i it, but you're having a hard time resolving that with what you're experiencing. Did you, did you notice any additional adverse effects with you doing this in relation to you and your peers? <coughs> well, it wasn't particularly close to a lot of the kids um, in church. We didn't, it's not like we had a whole lot of relationship outside of Sunday school and, and, uh, um, primary and, and that sort of thing. Um, no, the other kids just didn't, they, they didn't have a problem with it. They didn't see a problem okay. and they didn't have a problem with me necessarily outward or anything, but, um, you know, there could, there could be effects that way that, um, I probably would have just not noticed. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was, you know, when it comes to reading, you know, when I, I'm reading, man, the other kids don't matter much. I'm reading. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, yeah, that yeah. definitely makes sense. So I, on that, on that subject, so 
let's say between the ages of eight and 10 years old, uh, mm -hmm. what was your experience with reading what the LDS church holds as their standard work? So the Bible, the Book of Mormon, uh, the Pearl of Great Prices and the Doctrine and Covenants. Had you well, read them all the way through or just what was up on the lesson that week? No, I, I, up to eight and 10, I'd not read through the Bible um, myself all the way. I just stuck with their lesson plans and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I, it, it caused me some problems. I mean, when your authorities, and I was already, I, I was already having some struggles because where, where my mother was not a practicing Mormon, mm -hmm. my dad definitely was Jack. He was not Mormon. Um, you know, I saw the way that they, you know, my mom would push us to church and that sort of thing. Um, but then she's doing nothing, um, yeah. that says that her spiritual life is important in any way or things like that. So it, it set up a conflict with me and I really started questioning the church. Okay. So, here's the people who know something can't answer my questions. So what's, what's going on? Yeah. What's going on? So in this environment of uh, you having this hard time in church, your mm -hmm. mother sending you to church but not joining you and your father not being a member, was there, what was the conversations like with your parents around this? Were, were those two lives very separate, your, your life with your parents and your life in the church? Or were you coming oh, yes. home and, and sharing with them, hey, they're teaching me this and I'm not seeing it track? He didn't talk to my parents that way. Mm. Okay. You know, yeah, you, you just yeah, you don't have discussions like that. Um, I remember the few times that I did have conversations with my mother about church. I came away with the impression that it's her 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 standing was it, it's just more complicated than you understand. So. Give it some time and it'll all make sense to you. Okay. Um, I rejected it. I said, you know what? <laughs> I don't know. There's something wrong here. Time goes on. Um, I'm still being sent to church up until about 15. 14, 15. At which point I put my foot down and I say, no, nah, I'm done. But I wasn't just done. I was done going to the Mormon church. And I was actually then that's when I decided I need to understand the Bible. I need to understand this other stuff. So I need real, to what's going on. real quick, if you don't mind me asking. So you, you as a teenager, 14, 15 years old, you said, you came to this conclusion. Did that include a discussion with your parents at all with what you decided? No. No? Did you hear no. anything from your mom about her not sending you to church anymore or anything like that? Um, not really. Um, okay, when, when this all happened, I was pretty troubled and I had been, um, hanging out with some not great types 
Um, I had started uh, doing some drugs and stuff like that. And at one point, I ended up going to a uh, behavioral health uh, facility for about two weeks. Okay. Because I'll get me to stay in. <laughs> um, so when I was in the behavioral health center is when I realized that um, this whole church crap was crap. Um, there was no tie from the church to my family. There was no real tie between my family and myself. So this is garbage and I'm not doing it anymore. But I, there's obviously something that, that I need to understand. And that's, that's when I decided to really start digging in. Okay. And um, I read the Bible twice in the next year. And was that from 14, from sorry, from Genesis to fourteen? That was about fourteen year old. Go ahead. Okay. And so was that from like it was that like uh, reading from Genesis to Revelation type of thing, or did you do uh, subject reading? No, Genesis to Revelation straight through, um, twice over the course of, of a couple of years, um, two and a half years about. Um, after the first time through. I'd also got plugged into um, a group of a friend named Tim. Thank you, Tim. You hear about this? I know you'll appreciate it. Big shout out to Tim. <laughs> yeah, Tim's awesome. Um, Tim, a friend of mine, Tim, had um, hooked up, connected with some um, a group of ex-Mormons for Jesus. Okay. And... Um, you know, he he knew what I was going through and he knew that I was studying and, and doing some research and stuff. And so he got a hold of some materials for me. Um, Do you remember what those materials were? Studying. Oh, a bunch of materials. <laughs> um, okay, so um, there was some materials on just the different, on the Bible, okay, and... Um, just the changes that the Mormon church has introduced to their, the King, well, when I was a kid, King James version was the authorized version. But over time, then Deseret Books or whoever came out with the Mormon version of the Bible. Um, I ended up with a copy of all of the, well, the, the original King James Version and then the um, a couple of different printings and then, you know, with the changes and then with uh, the changes then to the Mormon version. Yeah. And, um, and that was an eye-opener. And with, with all just the little stuff, big G God, little G gods and, and stuff like this, and just minor stuff. And then, I, and then I got to reading about the Book of Mormon and its history and Joseph Smith and his history. And I, I, I was amazed at Joseph Smith and his background. Um, so, so I'm thinking of some of the resources. I'm from bouncing that. all over the place. No, no, yeah, you, you're just, you're so just fine. Things. 
I'm <laughs> I, I I'm just I can't help but uh, satisfy my own question here because uh, it, it, nowadays I there are so many resources out there and I'm trying to think of what was available at the time and some of the main things that pop up to me are uh, Fawn Brody had come out with her biography of Joseph Smith No Man Knows My History by that time yeah and uh, also Sandra and Gerald Tanner of Lighthouse Ministries they also had quite a bit of material out at that time. Do any of those ring a bell? I don't, I don't remember whose resources I had uh, encountered, but no, I, I, I read one book and it might've been that first gals. Fawn Brody. Might've been not positive, but I learned of his family's background with the water divining and treasure hunting and, and all of those sorts of things. And I had some old, uh, some copies of old documents, um, courthouse documents and stuff mm -hmm. that um, indicated that the Smith family was, were kind of, <laughs> how to be nice about it. <laughs> they were uh, rascals. <laughs> They were they were rascals and they uh, they were not righteous and upright sorts you know they they were more about making money and yeah yeah that's more about what they were about that and control yeah and and there's a book that dives into a lot of that with the their uses of folk magic, uh, things like that. It's it's called uh, uh, Early Mormonism and the Magic Worldview by D. Michael Oh, and his Quinn. first use of the Urim and Thummim were, were um, for treasure seeking. The, yeah. The, the stone in the hat. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. So um, anyway, so I, I read about, I was reading about those things and um yeah, over time, I, I just recognized that, well, okay, the Book of Mormon is particularly problematic because it can, it, it, it seems from the documentation that I got a hold of, that it's primarily um, a mishmash of plagiarism and, um, and plagiarism <laughs> and poor writing. Okay. Um, all these things they added up. I, I ended. I actually had a, a copy of the Book of Mormon, that was about this thick, okay, about six, about six inches or so, and it was it was a stack of photocopies, so is what it was, uh, and it's uh, four columns wide, and it was different versions, different publications of the Book of Mormon side by so, side. So like so like one one. So are you talking? different editions of the Book of Mormon? Or are you talking a comparative against other books like The View of the Hebrews and The Late War? No. Um, Mormon. Okay. Different editions, different printings of the Book of Mormon. So like the 1830 printing, the 1843 printing, 1980. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that was incredible. I mean, that was incredible. It was just just the changes that have been introduced to the this nominally divine document this divine document 
inspired by God. And every edition has, has had changes that substantively change the meaning of the book. Yeah. Not, yeah, substantial changes in doctrinal core level meanings. I mean, you don't change, you don't add an S to he without changing the entire sentence that the word he was in and is now she. Yeah. You just don't maintain divine perfection with that level of editing needed. It's kind of like the butterfly effect, but in literature. Yeah, Bible says, Bible says that you'll know a prophet if he says a thing and it turns out not to be true. You mean know a false prophet? Right. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, no, yeah. you're good. Just wanted to clarify. Precisely. Yes. You'll know a false prophet. You'll know your prophet. If he says a thing and it's true, you're great. Prophet says something and it turns out not to be true. So it's, side, uh, not a side question. So every time a Mormon prophet holds up the Book of Mormon, as the word of God. And if it's proven that it was wrong, then your prophet is not. Love it. Then your prophet is not. Yeah. So, so side question for you right now. So, so this is uh, this is a lot of uh, focus on what you thought of the the, the literature and the scripture. Um, I, I'd be interested to hear, did you have any viewpoints or awareness at the time of the the prophets and apostles of that time and what they were saying and and certain takes that you were uh, you had with with that? When I was a kid, um, blacks were not allowed to hold priesthood positions, period. Yep. That was that was a law that I did not actually find in any of, I didn't find it in the Bible. And I don't actually remember seeing it in the Book of Mormon. So I'm pretty certain that um, that particular prohibition of holding priesthood positions had to have been a prophetic thing. And it was in my childhood that then a new prophet came along and said, oh, yeah, they can have it now. Which means that the first one was wrong. You, uh, you, you broke up a, a little bit right there. Uh, what was that you just said? <laughs> I said, well... The, a new prophet came along and said, oh, okay, so black people can have um, a priesthood position now. Um, mm -hmm. they're, they're no longer being punished with the mark of Cain or, well, they've got the mark, but, but you know, they can have priesthood now anyway. Yeah. Well, okay, so that's a, that's a modern day prophet coming along and reversing a previous 
prophets prophecy or the enacting of what he felt God was telling him, even if it's not prophecy, they made laws and rules denying part of the population the ability to hold the priesthood. A later prophet comes along, says, oh, yeah, that wasn't exactly right. Yeah, we, we can do that now. Yeah. I don't care how they put it. I don't care what kind of song and dance you you do to the music. You're playing the song of, yeah, that's what we believed before, but now we don't. So let's yeah. let's do it different now. And that and I prophet was wrong. Yeah, and, and it wasn't a prophet. And I've got I've got to just take a minute and interject here because this is kind of a sore spot for me because uh, it's it, I I really like how you put it that they we're denying a substantial amount of blessings uh, to a substantial number of the populace. And for, mm -hmm. for any of our listeners who may not be familiar with uh, the, the Mormon church with a, a lot, with many uh, Christian religions, priesthood is something that is generally reserved for say like 0.5% of the entire congregation. It's only a handful of leaders uh, in different uh, groups that will hold whatever priesthood they have. In the Mormon Church, it's it's any male past the age of twelve, so it's it, it it it's it's a substantial thing to not have the priesthood. To be a male in the Mormon Church and not have the priesthood is almost like a scarlet letter in in many ways, and uh, it, it it extends a little bit past just the priesthood as well. In the Mormon Church, there are uh, things that you can do in the temple that enable you to enter the highest levels of heaven, and part of the "Quote unquote priesthood ban was also restricting uh, members that had dark skin from entering the temple to do these things to reach the highest level of heaven. So it's a it, it was a very it, it, I I can't think of a a fairer way to say it. It is harsh, but it was a dastardly thing that they were doing to to people of dark skin, and uh, and so like like you're saying, to have it be something that isn't written down." in in the scriptures that we can find it must have been something from a prophet and then if a different prophet can come along and reverse such a weighty decision like, like you're saying that that must have been huge for you as as it a was. teenager trying to figure this out it was it was really huge <laughs> um so yeah I, I i was finding all these things um and and I, it was all wrong and I got angry and I got angry because I was seeing, I was seeing that there was so much wrong. Yeah. Just wrong. Just wrong. <laughs> just, just wrong. And the misogyny. And, and when I say misogyny, it's not, it's not just, you know, just, um, you know, the, the fact that, uh, priesthood can only be held by males. Um, you know, positions of authority can only be held by males, and blah blah blah, and blah blah blah. It just, I th I thought that I thought church was one thing. You know, communication from God. He loves us. Da 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 da. da. But then, as time goes on, I find out that the very church that I've been raised in is 
there's there's a lot that's that, that just doesn't make good sense if i use the cre- critical thinking skills that that i was blessed with yeah and and so you've got you've got entire for well depends on what part of the population you are which manner of discriminating your the church is doing whether you know it's a woman who she may be an outstanding teacher might actually really have outstanding spiritual um compass and communication tech skills and all that but nope sorry you can't teach a mixed uh group nope gotta be a man (laughs) got Mm. when i was growing up i don't know if that's changed i stayed out of the church for a long time now so, so just to clarify, because that that isn't something that I was I was raised with. So you're saying, if if a female was a teacher uh, in 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 your in your ward in your sphere of influence in the church, that female could teach a class of females, women or women and children, women and children. But once mm-hmm. men were part of the class, women could no longer teach that class. Correct. Wow, that's something I was not aware of. Yeah, that that's what was going on where I was at. Now I don't yeah. know if that was widespread, but you might ask some of your older people. Uh, it it might because in California when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah, if it was a mixed gender adults mixed gender class, it was being taught by male. Wow. There's all kinds of things that just didn't fit and just didn't jive, and and then of course Tim and and his access to well. I thought you'd be interested in this too. <laughs> you know? So after time, reading, reading the Bible, um, gaining access to some various materials. Back in the day, there wasn't a slick, smooth process for extricating yourself from the church. But I did recognize that I needed, I needed to get out of there. Um, so a couple questions real quick. Um, there's, there's a strong emphasis in the church to, uh, uh, of course we're taught seek ye out the best books, you know, learn the church's history, learn the doctrine, memorize verses, but there's also a very strong focus on gaining your own testimony and receiving a witness from the spirit that all of this is true. Had you, had you taken up like Moroni's promise of the book of Mormon or done any sort of praying to see if the church was true? Had you had any very powerful spiritual experiences at all? No, I mean, I did seek out. I, I, you know, I did pray. Um, I, but no, I didn't have any, um, spiritual experience um like you know god touching me and saying hey lisa you know no um what i did notice is that as my as 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 i kept coming across things that the church's own documentation did not actually support given what they're giving me yeah i you know, I did decide to read the, the Bible, um, and I was going to proceed to reading the whole Book of Mormon straight through in the same approach as the Bible. But then I discovered all of the really big problems. Um, 
with the Book of Mormon from a from a just a pure literary perspective. Just yeah. if you're looking at it from um, and and just an academic perspective, the uh, provenance for that book is abysmal, and some of and some of its history, um, yeah, it's it's just it. I came to the conclusion before getting to the point of reading the Book of Mormon, I had come to the conclusion that the whole foundation of the church was a piece of crap, and that I was wasting my time to put any more time into the Book of Mormon. Yeah, um, because the I was taught that the Bible was the word of God insofar as it is translated correctly. I learned that not even the Mormons could translate it correctly, and they didn't even bother to try and translate because they didn't go back to original uh, to original um, transcripts or, or um, documents, yeah. the parchments, the actual you know the originals. Yeah. The only way yeah. you can do a translation if is you go to the original language and translate that. Otherwise, it's called a paraphrase or a transliteration. <laughs> or, you know, there's a lot of other things you can do that aren't translations. Yeah. But yet, Bible's the book of, or is the word of God, insofar as it is translated correctly. But the Mormons couldn't translate it correctly. So I decided I was out. So, so yeah, the, the, you're a teenager. You decide you're out. Um, you, you had mentioned that, uh, like you said, back then you didn't have anything like quitmormon.com or any any sort of system to get out of the church. My 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 question would be, what do you feel drove your desire to get out of the church instead of just stop going and let it be a you know something that only sees your taillights? I was angry. Yeah, I was angry. I wanted to believe, and, and there was a lot of people out there that were wanting to believe. But what they were being fed was a lot of out-and-out -out lies and inconsistency, hypocrisy, um, and, and, and they were being trained to set aside their misgivings, you know, when they encountered cognitive, cognitive dissonance, the church is encouraging its people to, you know, when they can't answer the questions, they're encouraging them to just stuff it. Oh, go pray about it. You know, oh, you didn't get the answer that I wanted you to get? Well, then that wasn't God talking to you. Wait a minute. When I went and prayed about the Mormon church, I got more and more inconsistencies revealed. Every time I sat down to do a little more research, read a little bit more in depth, I got bigger question marks. Yeah. I believe that was God speaking yeah. to me. I believe God did answer my prayers. But I was pissed. 
because the Mormon church, that's another thing altogether. And that's why I felt I had to do something. And as I hear this part of your story, I can't help but think of what I would have thought hearing your story when I was a member, which was, well, this is why it was so hard for her because she wasn't she wasn't praying to receive that spiritual witness. She was trying to follow it with facts. But what I'm hearing from you now is it, you, you did both. And what you were, what you were feeling at the time was uh, this, this was your answer. God was showing to you all of these, these imperfections, these uh, mismatchings of history and what you're being told. And that, that was your answer. Amen. And so, Amen. It, and and so, so so now it's left to whoever's listening to this if they're thinking she didn't pray right. Uh, if anyone's hearing this now, it's up to you to decide. Uh, is it is that something that that you can uh, rely on praying praying to to receive an answer because you would expect her to receive a different answer, but she received one possibly different than you. Um, so I would I would just say to anybody listening, uh, don't be so quick to uh, to call so, call out someone's experience because they didn't receive the same answer as you. Uh, I I feel uh, your experiences are completely valid, having prayed and and felt like that was your answer. Yeah, yeah, I um, yeah, and it was really important to me. Um, there were a couple of the leadership in in the local church down there that I really had a lot of respect for in general. The way that they interacted with people, I really respected these gentlemen. And as much as any other part of me, I was angry, but as much as being angry about all the things that I was finding that were being laid bare, I also felt like, okay, I'm going to walk away from this, but you know, at least those two individuals needed to know why. Okay. And, and so that's what, so I spent an extensive amount of time putting together a speech, a presentation. Oh, wow. And so I, I um, put in my letter, to there was a you, at the time you would put it you would submit a letter it would get routed down to your stake and then the local stake leadership would handle things and how and, old were you at the time um i was i was just shy of 16 so i was 15. this was towards okay. the end of my 15th year i thought i'd read the bible through one and a half times i was still on my second time of reading it through okay but i'd done a whole lot of other research and so by just before I was 16. So I sent him my letter sometime during that year, got a letter back and I was being called before a bishop's court. Do you remember the, the contents of this letter? Was this just, hey, I'm done? Or was it, did you, did you start breaking down every problem you had with the church? In my letter, uh, it was strictly to the point that um, I was leaving the church and that I would like to remove my name from the rolls um, and that I would like to be notified when this had been done. Wow. As a 15-year-old. <laughs> yeah, straight into the point. Hey, this is what I want done. Let me know when it's done. 
So of course they route that letter down through down to the local state steakhouse, and um, I get a letter from the stake president and my bishop uh, calling me in for a bishop's meeting. Okay. And so I prepared for that bishop's meeting. I went in there with pamphlets this thick, one for every one of the attending. There was 13 gentlemen in attendance that day. And uh, they did their part of the meeting, you know, announced what the purpose was, da 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 da. They each wanted to talk to me, so they all had their say. An hour and a half later, they're ready to wrap it up. Wait, was was there any conversation about your, your parents being involved in any of this? Um, not that I'm aware of. Wow. Um, nothing was ever said to my, to my, my mother never said anything to me. And I don't, re I don't remember them ever saying anything about my parents. So as far as you're aware, this is the Bishop and stake president calling a, a 15 year old girl into, into a, uh, a meeting with the high council and uh -huh. you, you come prepared with packets for each one of them full mm -hmm. of ch chock full of information more organization that I have at 33 <laughs> and I was, uh, I was angry <laughs> wow this is that, I'm not an organized impressive. person I'm not an organized person unless I get angry wow that's <laughs> impressive <laughs> so it is it what are the main standouts from that meeting the main standouts from that meeting were they wanted to shut me up when they were done with their time um they wanted to shut me up and i would not let them i stood up i said oh, i have sat here and listened to everything all of you have had to say and they didn't ask many questions by the way yeah um, so I'm not sure what the point of the meeting was from their perspective. So I have to believe it was God's plan for that meeting that I get to talk. <laughs> so <laughs> in, in the, in the meetings that I hear or the, the stories that I hear of people who've gone to these meetings, one of the uh, main consequences that are held over the member's head is if you don't, you know, if you don't stop saying what you're saying out loud to a lot of people, we're going to either uh, censure you or revoke your membership. But your your main <laughs> purpose was to get rid of your membership. Mm -hmm. So I don't so, know what their purpose was. Wow. I don't know. Fascinating. So after they tried to get up and, and leave, I not nah, please sit down. I have listened to everything you had to say. I came prepared to share with you my reason for leaving the church. And I think it's important that you understand my reason. And I went through and I read the pamphlet that I'd given to all of them. And um, they tried to stop me, you know, interrupt. Utter, Excuse me, please, may I have the respect? I put a lot of time and effort into this. I wow. did not come to this meeting lightly. I finished, da 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 And then they let me go. And I never heard another thing. Wow. I never heard another thing. However, um, 
my mother and my oldest sister would probably have a different opinion of of things than I do. But um, in the intervening years, um, I don't have a relationship with my oldest sister, who is still a Mormon. Okay. There was not a conversation between us that ended anything. There was not a fight. Um, there was one when I was about 18. I was over at my sister's um, family get-together. One of my nieces said something to me about Relief Society. And I just turned and respectfully said, oh, no, honey, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not LDS. Mm. And that was the last time I was invited to another uh, family get-together at my sister's. Oh, wow. Other than, other than a, um, my niece's wedding. I did get invited to my niece's wedding, but I think that was because of my niece. Wow. <laughs> I don't think it was because of my sister. Um, we weren't a tight Mormon family, so we weren't really woven in with our uh, local ward. So the typical the typical strong arm things from from church leadership for questioning teens just weren't applicable they just weren't applicable yeah because you know it's not like he's gonna go tell my mom my mom should have been at that meeting should have been told about the meeting yeah Thinking on it in at length, I'm wondering perhaps maybe my mother was notified of the meeting. Hmm. That would fit with my mother. My, my mother's a whole different thing. Yeah. My mother's a whole different thing. Um, but so, uh, so a, yeah. a couple of quick questions. Um, so it, did you ever uh, get the get the technical feedback as to whether or not they just processed your re your resignation, or did they mark you down as having excommunicated you? I have no idea. Really? I would be really interested in finding out whatever happened after that because I never heard another thing. Huh. I went on with my life and I assume that they did what I asked, but I don't actually know that. Interesting. It would be interesting to find somebody who had access to documents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, so find that out. So did this change anything at all with your uh, relationship with your non-member father? No, no, my, my, yeah, my father's a different thing altogether. Okay. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate, but yeah. That's just he fine. He <laughs> is not a part of the Mormon story at all. That sounds good. He was, well, yeah, he was just yeah. not there. So, okay. Well, yeah, only share what you want to share. So, uh, yeah. so then you have left the church. Uh, they're, they, they're watching your taillights as you move on with your life. Yep. And, uh, so yep. then, so you're, uh, you know, 15, 16, uh, your, your late teenage years, uh, where, where does your journey take you then, uh, from, from California? Let's see. Um, well, I finished growing up. Um, married, had four kids, divorced. Um, all of this in California? All of that in California. 
Um, and how see. how close together uh, were these so were these I, kids? Say that again. Uh, how how close together were the were the births of of your children? Oh, okay. So I have um, the first four kids. I have seven altogether. Okay. Um, my first four children. Um, um, had my first at 22. I had uh, so in he was 85, one in 85, 88, 91, and 94. Okay, so that's my first four. Um, got divorced, uh, moved um, moved into the high desert of California. And then um, met my second husband, ended up having three children. Uh, and he was a con job, uh, not mm. great. Um, when I met him, he was solid. He was a go-getter. He was just dynamite person. Um, yeah. But he had everybody fooled, um, and turns out he actually had some mental illness issues mm. that he was fine at the moment, but then he fell back into some um, heavy drug use and went nuts, and that was crazy. Um, so there was that. That crazy ex um, is how I ended up up here. So okay. That does link us to to Rexburg and all of that. Um, so, it, so around what year is it that you move up to to Southeast Idaho? Let's see. Yeah, with uh, that crazy time with that ex culminates. I end up here in the late summer of two thousand three. Two thousand three. Okay. Yep. Straight to, to, to Rexburg or surrounding area? Uh, I living in Rigby. Okay. Living in Rigby. Um, I first job or two I had was down in Idaho Falls, but then boom, ended up in Rexburg working and, in Rexburg. And and, and, and are you uh, are you able to share why Rigby out of anywhere in the United States? Oh yeah. Um I ended up in Rigby. Uh, I needed to leave California because of that X. He was, had become a dangerous person. And um, right around that time, my uh, sister had been um, struggling with my mother. My mother is a hoarder. Okay. Um, and my sister had been struggling with my mother, trying to get her property cleaned up and stuff. Uh, we needed to get out of California because it was dangerous. It had become dangerous for us. Okay. And um, so I ended up coming up here um, in order to help my sister with my mom's property. So, so your sister and mother were already living in the area. Yeah. They had moved up back in like 82. Um, and not to and, tell too much of their uh, story, but I... Is there anything you can share behind their motivations to move to the area? Um, they came up here. <laughs> um, my mother had remarried um, a gentleman 
who was a sheriff down in Southern California. And when he retired, um, he had decided to move up here, which is where his family was from. Not where he was from necessarily, but where his family was from. Okay. And so they moved up here, um, bought a piece of property in Rigby. And, um, you know, he continued his retirement. She got a job working in Rigby or in Rexburg. But I'll leave that off the table because that would be too identifiable for her. And No, sounds good. She's not being interviewed. Plus, we, <laughs> so. plus we want to make sure, yeah, we're, we're telling your story. <laughs> okay, so it, so around two, 2003, you come up here to escape a, a dangerous situation, as well as to help out your, your sister uh, as she's helping out your mother. Right. And um, so I was working there for working up in Rexburg. Uh, first, I uh, got a job at a, a um, yeah, Cow Ranch. Got a job at Cal Ranch, then uh, worked there for a couple of years, and then I uh, I was going to school while I was okay. there, and uh, that's when I was going to school, getting my uh, BSIT. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Rexburg Love Podcast. We are not yet done with this story. Please continue to the next episode to hear more.